Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Stories from the Pack. We're back after an extended Easter break and joining me on today's episode, we have got Fancast, I was going to say Fancast producer, Fancast legend, Little Dan. Dan, how are you doing today, mate? Hello, Rich. Yeah, as my uh, Twitter bio says, Fancast utility man. Yeah, you just imagine that's a perfect way to a perfect way to describe you. You're almost the um the Dave Edwards of the fan cast in terms of that. Just can slot you in anywhere and do do, yeah. do a job. <laughs> we had the original utility man, Neil Emblem on our uh, fan cast pre match the other week. That's I, I'd prefer that over dangerous Dave. I don't think I've got any dangerous say, levels in me. I was gonna say I, I feel like I yeah, I've sort of I'm thirty seconds into recording, I've sort of already sort of uh, made a mistake there because Neil Lennon was much more of a utility man because he could play that spine perfectly um for me. But we might touch on the likes of Neil Emblem as we go through this. So for anyone who's not watched or listened to our stories from the pack before, um essentially the idea behind it is interviewing Wolves fans about their time supporting the club, whether um, passion has been sort of channeled over here, how things have changed for them as they've grown up and how um, essentially life might have impacted and how football might have impacted your life, really. So um, I, I guess to start with, we'll go right back to the beginning, um, to when you first started supporting Wolves and I guess how it came about for you, Dan. So was it very much a family-driven uh, generational um, one for yourself? Yeah, to a to a degree, and I probably a lot of people say this, but it's pretty much all I've ever known. Being a Wolves fan, um, father was a Wolves fan, mother was a Wolves fan. My granddad was born in the south in Bedford, and he was a Chelsea fan. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'd, from sort of birth, I, I was dressed in Wolves colours, um, knew Wolves chants before I knew. Um, Nursery rhymes, that sort of thing. I mean, you can see me there in age today. Um, seems a long time ago now, but good times. I was say so for, for yourself. When I, I guess not quite. When did you support support? But do you sort of remember your sort of first, not quite game, or if you remember your game, great. But sort of those first kind of early memories, because I know I started. I know I had a kit before I went to a game sort of thing. So uh, do you sort of have any sort of really early memories um, from sort of sporting your club? I mean, I could, for, for years before I went to my first proper game, wearing like sort of the book to kits and stuff. I remember having that... Um, that Mickey style goalie top with the the three black chevrons mm. on sort of thing. Um, I don't really remember my first match. I've been I've been a season ticket holder at Wolf since I was seven years old. So this is what my twenty okay. seventh year as a season ticket holder now at Wolf. So I've I've seen some absolute tribe. I've seen some great times recently. One of my earliest memories. So I'm, I've been obsessed with football since I was born. Videos. I remember having the ninety two ninety three. Goals, 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 VHS. And that used to get played at least twice a week. Um, and obviously in the early 90s, Man United were were just unreal in the Premier League. And I, I remember thinking that Peter Schmeichel was some sort of boss-level type goalkeeper. So one of my first memories of going down Molyneux was the pre-season friendly between Wolves and Man United in 93-94. And... I just I remember this vividly, Steve Ball scoring against Peter Schmeichel and thinking, wow, absolutely unreal that Steve Ball has scored past Peter Schmeichel. We must be the best team in the land. <laughs> it's almost and, like with, with Bully as well and Schmeichel, early 90s, it is almost unstoppable force meets immovable objects, isn't it? And that, that goal he scored in a friendly, it was classic Bully, would you say? As well? I mean... He just manhandled Bruce. It was it was similar to his goal for England against Scotland, yeah. where it sort of bounced off his back and somehow was in on goal. He just puts it away, just effortlessly, doesn't he? That that was classic bully. His peak. It, I, I, I mean, Wolves fans wouldn't want to see it really, but in a parallel universe, I'd love to see what would have happened if Steve Ball would have left Wolves. 
mm. how well it would have done in the Premier League and what Sir Jack Howard would have done with that money. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's fascinating that he had the opportunity to sort of push, progress forward and, and decided against it for, you know, better or worse reasons. But were you very much a bully kid when you were growing up? Were you, a, you know, we talk about with shirts and, you know, were you someone who had players on the back of your shirt? I know just from knowing you, uh, you had other favourite players around that time, but were you a bully nine kid or were you going for a certain left winger? Yeah, I've I've always had I've never I've never had ball on mm. on any wall strip. It's usually been a wing, winger like Robbie Dennison or Mark Kennedy. <laughs> I, I played left wing for the score, so for whatever reason, I've always liked left wingers. Mm. Um, yeah, just I read a sort of a little snippet on Phil Foden the other day where his parents were talking about how he was literally obsessed with football from like an early age that. He wasn't really interested in like computer games and stuff. It was all about football kits and a new football. And, and I was pretty much the, the same. I was massively um, into collecting kits from an early age. Well, my parents and family used to just get me wild kits just to get me off the back. I'm, okay. I remember my auntie from down south got me like a Luton town top the one one period in my life just because Luton had got to like the semi final of the FA Cup in the early nineties. It's like. Luton Town, what a top to have. <laughs> I was gonna say, you mentioned you mentioned tops and sort of oppositions ones, and I don't think I've brought this up. A doing stories from the pack or even on our group in general, and I'm putting myself on a bit of a limb here. Did you still ever design football tops? Oh, all the time. Rich in the in the last in the in, in the lockdown last year, <laughs> I, um oh I can't remember what website it was. There was a website that would do in um, blank templates for you to print off and you could colour in your own kit as like a therapeutic way to get through lockdown. I did that for about a month in lockdown, just making my own kits just to pass a bit of time because the world was crap. Honestly, I, 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 you know, we'll, we'll drag it on back to yourself rather than sort of my 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 nostalgia trip. But, yeah, I, I came across an old holiday scrapbook and I did sort of on one page, I had the front of the shirt, and on the back, it had I, I didn't I had like a best 11. And it was like, I must have spent hours with like a fine tip, you know, barrel felt tip pen yeah. with all these different colors. It's like just absolutely obsessed, you know, burning DVD videos, you know, going through the tapes left, right, and center. But dragging it back to walls, then so you've been going since you were seven. I, I, and, and I say still going now, um, you know, well, when, when we could go to games. So do you remember sort of, not, not quite when you were seven, but how did that match day ritual change from your formative years going into that, you know, adolescence, teenagers, and well, essentially now adulthood? Has it kind of pretty much stayed the same since you've turned out? adult? What sort of changed for yourself over time? And what sort of no, perfect... What's also my, your perfect match day ritual? My, my early match day, like rituals, rituals, uh, routine, if you will. Yeah, routine. We were very family orientated. Um, my dad's bit in my day. My dad's 63 now, 63, yeah, 64 maybe. So he's been going like his whole life. Um, got married to my mom, they had me. Um, and I think a way of them spending their weekends together was was going down the match together. My dad used to sit in the upper South Bank and then me and my mum got a season ticket in the row F in the South Bank. So I've sat in the mm-hmm. South Bank since I've since I've since I've been going. I think the only ever the only ever game that I've not sat in the South Bank was when we played all the shot in the um in League One when when they only had the North Bank and Billy Wright open. Okay. So I've been going there. One of the early rituals was them going in the wheat sheaf and me having to wait outside while they got drunk. <laughs> that was a that was a vivid memory of my early years. Like we had a period where we went to Heroes, which was sort mm-hmm. of below Atlantis. Okay, I remember okay. it was a uh, bothering them for money to play Virtuous Striker in the arcade area. There, <laughs> I mean, I'm, prob- I'm probably going back now. Um, so, so that, that well, is classic nineties Wolves stuff. That is, I, I might have got treated to a McDonald's if there was an offer on the bus tickets. 
yeah, yeah. One of them. Um, and then in sort of recent years, it all depends on what sort of group of mates I'm drinking with. I, I could be in could be in the Clarendon one day, the Hogs another. Um, away days is always the train. Can't do coaches nowadays. I had a okay. really, really bad experience um, on the school trip to Cadbury's World where a lot of vomit there myself occurred on the way back. And I've never really enjoyed coaches since. Out of curiosity, considering where the school trip was, was that due to eating too much chocolate at Cadbury World or just from coach ride in general? No, it's, 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 it's for coach sickness. Okay. I, I, okay. I, I suffered bad in my early years of coach sickness. Even to the point where my parents decided a coach trip to Lorette de Mar holiday was the ideal way to get me used to coach sickness. It could have been. You never. I was going to say you never know, but they certainly do now. Um, I would say it's interesting because I've I've had a mix of coach and train, and there's something quite special about doing it via train because you usually end up getting there a lot earlier. Yeah, and you're not necessarily quite at the ground and you get to like i don't know take in a lot more of the town that you're in and i think you know reflecting almost as a wall sound of what it'd be like from the other side you know wolverhampton's a one club town so on a match day it is solely focused on one thing and one thing only and that is the game that's going to be happening and you must feel it going through and i've gone through other towns and cities where you know, it's either very much not been like that or it very much has been like that. And I think it's always kind of cool to... And you also, you meet different people as well, whether you're going into a pub and you're speaking to people behind the bar or, you know, you pop into a, you know, into a local shop or whatever. And I think, you know, it's definitely a lot of fun doing a train uh, train away day. Yeah, I think I think just the atmosphere is just a lot better on on the train. Uh, the... The coach trips, you know, some people are literally there with the families and they don't want Larry blokes singing yeah. Fuck the Albion and stuff like that in at 10am in the morning when they're off to Chessington World of Adventures for the, the weekend. It's But uh, on the coach, it's very, very family-orientated. I, I don't know whether they even do the movies on the on the coaches anymore. It used to be like Men in Black uh, and Space Jam and stuff like that when I went on the Wolves official travel club as a kid. But yeah. The, um, the 97, 98 when I'd been on the, the official travel club. I think, see, I went to Wembley for semi-final on official coach. Um, I don't think they played a movie and they didn't even, and this upset me, play a season highlights from the year before because that was a classic uh, for me. It was, a, you know, they'd always, you know, play, or not even from the year before. It would be like a really dour year. Like I did one, I went on coach one year, I think we were in the Premier League under McCarthy, and I showed a Glenn Hoddle season. And, you know, we're like, is this the best we could do? Was is that on the a- way there or the way back? On the way back, if it was a night trip, I would have said fair enough oh, to get no, people no, to go this, to sleep. But- no, this this was on the way there. I remember, I remember it vividly being like, okay, great. And then it being... You know, an hour of your life you wouldn't get back. Whereas, you know, things things change. But, you know, you've been going for, what, games for, what, 27 years now. I mean, we're sort of blessed in a way that the last kind of four years, it has, I guess, sort of brought, you know, the, the most success in terms of, you know, some notable moments for yourselves. But, you know, for yourself, past Present, who have been your favourite players to actually watch at Wolves? I know you've mentioned the likes of um, the likes of Denison and Kennedy um, already. Uh, you know who are your standouts over time? Yeah, th- those two are pretty much stand out. I mean, like, like I mentioned, just with playing on the wing for the school and whatever. Then with the players that I really enjoyed. Um, Simon Osborne, you know, I've got a really soft, I've got a strong <laughs> soft spot for um, Simon Osborne. I'll, I'll still happily debate that he's better than Ruben Nevers. If anyone wants to come and meet me for a drink anytime, I'll discuss that. I think Simon Osborne's got a better, a better free kick catalogue of goals than Ruben Nevers for Wolves. Um, just daft players. You know, we've all got cult heroes. I loved Havard Flow when he played for Wolves because his, his birthday was the day before mine. Just daft little things like that. He'd, he'd come off the back of a World Cup and you think, wow, he's like, he was the number nine after Bull, I think, and 
Mm. And then you had like Robbie Keane and players like that. We've we've we've, we've had some good talents. I mean, we've seen some absolute tripe as well in the Wolf shirt from like uh, Darren Peacock and Robert Neistroy and all these old school just utter crap. But you gotta love everyone to a degree. I mean, everyone's got a story. I think when it comes to Wolves, and you know. Darren Peacock and right, Neistroy get bought up via the fan cast a ungodly amount considering how little they played for Wolves. And you think, I was sort of looking back and think, well, do we remember them because those they're, they're notable names and sort of stand out from when you're a lot younger? And I do think, like, maybe the likes of Roderick Miranda, yeah. whether he over time in like 10 years' time will look back and go, he played for like half a season for us and was awful like we but we forget don't we how crappy he was as a player um but there's been so many like little players who've because wolves have had so many sort of transitions over the last 20 years you know players who like pops up in the glenoddle era when you know when i was sort of teenager watching wolves who i guess sort of sparked you know my real lifetime interest in it around that point so like ask me about dennis rosa and there was a point I thought, oh, he was brilliant. And then I looked back and went, no, he bloody wasn't. Yeah, I think the these sort of exotic signings that came out of nowhere in an attacking centre midfield role, they're, they're easy to like at times. And then, but you look at Dennis Rosa and I, I don't know, I'm trying to think who else would like, I mean, like Samuel Jabber and all yeah. these like just odd old school names who probably only played about eight or nine games, but. Because there were exotic signs at the time, you think, God, they were good. But in, in hindsight, they were all pretty terrible, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, the fact that none of them really lasted more than a season um, sort of sort of stands out for me. And I think, you know, I, I, I don't think anyone would begrudge anyone having Robbie Dennison as their favourite, you know, one of their favourite Wolves players or even the likes of Mark Kennedy, to be honest. I think, you know, they're they all kind of stood the test of time as well for yourselves alongside, you know, some of the fun names we've mentioned. Um, before we sort of do favourite game, um, have you got a sort of favourite memory? So that could be including a game, it could be experience around the game. Um, do you have sort of any sort of real, a, a real sort of deep one for yourself? It's just singly down to one ridge because of just how many. Like what I said, there's, We've saw. I've had so many highs and lows supporting Wolves. One of my one of my first away games went to Port Vale away, mid nineties. Okay. Absolutely chucked it down a rain. We was on the side. There was no roof. I was only about eight or nine. Wolves hmm. won two nil, and I made my dad take me uh, to the toilet for both goals. Oh. So he was annoyed at me. That's a memory that will always stick out to me. It's just yeah. that little things like that. I remember like, us losing 1-0 in the 90th minute to Huddersfield. Just crap little ways. But you end up appreciating. Like, one of my favourites obviously, is obviously um, going to like Braga with my mates. Because yeah. you go from like Port Vale and Huddersfield losing at like, stadiums like that to go and see Wolves in Europe. It's it's massive, really. The beating Redney in the semi-final of the playoffs... I think winning that game, we, we was never going to lose that final because we got past the semis. Yeah, one thousand um, percent. Did Did you go to um, the one down in Reading out of curiosity for the Alex Ray? Um, no, that's or, yeah. I, I remember yeah. watching that game in Cause in the Market yeah. Tavern in Bilston with my family and a, and a few friends, and just when that goal went in, the whole pub was off the feet yeah. because we knew we'd made it. I, I remember, I mean, I, I was, what, nine at the time, so obviously I, I, I well, I wasn't there, because it was an awkward time as well for memory, because I'm sure it wasn't, like, on a Saturday. It was, no, like, it was midweek, like, wasn't it? It was midweek, but I, I'm sure it was, like, a weird kickoff time as well, like it was, like, six o'clock or something. Yeah. But I remember, even I remember at that point just being absolute jubilation, and honestly, like, you say, don't get me wrong, likes of Millennium, go, going for Millennium, Go, you know, doing some of the big ticket ones at Wolves. Yeah, but I think it's those ones which really stand out for you. And sometimes you say it's not even going to the game. He like, said yeah. the atmosphere it, in that square in Cardiff before the playoff final. Still picture that now. Just 
being there with all my family, family that didn't even really go to games very often. Everyone from Wolverhampton was in that, that city square, wherever they had a ticket that night. Wolverhampton must have been a ghost town that day. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've spoken, doing this, you know, what, I think we're in episode eight of this series now, and I've spoken to people who went to Cardiff, I've spoken to people who didn't go, and just the people who didn't go uh, physically to Cardiff, it was just like, the town was just fever pitch levels because if you weren't going, you were banded around that club, whatever. You know, you, everyone saw the sort of scenes in the car park and, you know, basically the concourse of people basically going down the Stafford Road to cheer on. The fans wasn't even cheering on the players because, oh, so I think it's just magical, to be honest. Um, for yourself, been, there's been loads of magical moments, which I mean, being on the pitch for the promotions and um, surviving relegation on the last day against Blackburn, that they all stand out really. But beating Man United in the FA Cup quarterfinal, I think that's a big one for a lot of our generation now. There's yeah. there's certain games within what we watched that I genuinely believe the football gods you they'll never not let you lose them sort of games because it's been built up so big. Yeah, I mean the the one with um. The Man United in the in the quarters. I, I, I did a podcast um, the other day, actually, and where I talked about it. it was sort of one of my favourite moments. I sort of said, I, I couldn't quite put my finger on why it was so special, but I said, it's because we deserve to beat them. And when Jota broke through on goal for that second and he scored, it wasn't like it was a smash and grab. We deserved to be up 2-0 in that game. And we knew that we'd be going to Wembley and... You know, I know we got a consolation at the end, but that was just incredible. And you can't quite put your finger on it. And I mean, look, FA Cups and Wolves, you know, in the last 25 years, I haven't exactly had the greatest relationship. Because before that, you're looking at what, that third round win over Newcastle when we beat them 3-2, or you're going up to the, you know, the Arsenal one. And, you know, I think Cup games definitely can bring something special out. <laughs> If you get there, and if you, do, yeah. if you get the big scalps. The but, FA Cup uh, is still special to certain people. Man United going to Brazil in the late 90s killed a lot of the, the FA Cup shine. Yeah. Obviously, there's no money in it now, so the big teams don't take it seriously like they used to. Um, I wish we could go. I think a lot of it's been more getting older. Rich, that's sort of the, sort of the, the naivety of the shines, just not as shiny yeah. as it was, you know what I mean? Nostalgia isn't what it used to be, is it? Sometimes, but um, yeah, I mean, fingers crossed we can have a couple more. But I don't know. I think the fact that we're now a Premier League team, I think, takes a bit of a veneer off it because you know you you, you expected to beat so many teams, and I say then it comes down for me the experience of you know going to the away games and you know traipsing up and down the country and sort of hoping that we can squeak past the team, but. You know, fingers crossed. Next year we can have we can have a decent run anyway. Um, as I say, before we do the low points, um, I want to sort of do. You know, we've we've done the best. I want to kind of do the interesting ones, the ones which kind of I guess either a bit funny, a bit silly, or you know, ones that are just sort of a bit different um, for yourselves that are just like genuinely like just great moments that you know you almost got lost in it um, supporting Wolves. One funny story, which my, my one group of mates never let me forget. We beat Nottingham Forest in the McCarthy promotion season away. Michael Cartley scored. Mm. Balls were pretty much already. I wouldn't say we, we were mathematically promoted at the time. We were going through and we weren't far off. And we were walking to the, the city ground. And um, we were all singing, we are going up. Mm. And... There was a group of Nottingham Forest lads, probably similar age. And um, he said, shut it, rat boy. <laughs> and obviously with my facial hair, my facial hair was even worse back then because I was still like sort of cat whiskers. You are growing it in, yeah. I was growing it in. <laughs> so he said, shut it, rat boy. And my mates, in the, in the blink of an eye, went to him, yeah, well, he's a premiership rat boy, I and they just didn't know what to do. It was one of the most like, it was a surreal moment where people didn't know whether it was going to kick off or whether to laugh. 
<laughs> so yeah, every now and again, my one mate Mark, he'll he'll say, "How are you going, Premier Shoot Rap Boy?" I was going to say because it's such a backhanded compliment to you yeah. as well. But it works on so many levels. It just massively like diffuses the situation as well. Oh, bless! Just that was... one. And then if you remember when uh, Walter Zenger was in charge, we beat um, Birmingham City three-one. And I know, I know a lot of my friends already know this, but there's, there's probably people around there who ain't seen this video, but. They did the uh, they used to do the fan cam, which I implore yeah. Wolves to bring back when we're back in the grounds because everyone loves that. Everyone loves to see themselves on 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 the Wolves YouTube channel, just looking silly in the crowd. But Wolves went big. John Daddy Bodvarson scores, and as you can see, I'm here. I'm loving life. I'm having a little dance in front of the stewards. I'm doing a little jig to the right of the stewards here, and I mean, you can't buy moments like that. You can't buy it. Then you got Zenga on the pitch at full time, on his knees, giving it the uh, praise to the fans. You, I mean, just you can't buy moments like that. People who don't like football, I just don't. They haven't experienced emotions like that. No, I, I completely agree, and I think the, the Blues one's a great example, a eh? because it's Derby game. It, it's a local rival. I won't say Derby game. Um, and I love that because I've seen the full clip of it. And, you know, for anyone watching this, you've seen sort of Dan's little jig. Um, but you also kind of, you gave it a big one on the other goals as well. But it's like you did three separate things with three different goals. And nobody can tell me that that was a coordinated attempt for you when we scored that goal. Yeah. It was you just going absolutely wild, and it is. I'm. I'm sorry. I will post it on socials. The 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 dance because it will just give you an idea of just what it's like sometimes to be a fan and just get lost in the moment. That they didn't even like show the entire. I would love to have that in that ninety minute clip because there's a, there's a woman in the clip. She must be like late fifties. I was hugging and lifting her her up and chucking her in the air at one point. And I'm only like five foot three, nine stone. I'm lifting up a woman in the fifties. It's just you don't see that in any other environment in no. life. <laughs> no, exactly. And as I say, but those are the things. It's just like uh, the Don not Doncaster the QPR game. Um, when we got promoted, everyone was about to run on the pitch, and you could feel everyone about to do it. Um, a guy I knew, um, he sort of it was with with a mate, and he sort of said, "I'm going to run on the pitch." I was like, "Don't, because we're all going to be allowed on. It's going to be a rush. Just, 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 just wait." And he went, "I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it." And he got to like eighty second, ninety second minute or whatever. He's going to do it, and like I think it went out for a throwing away or free kick, and the ref blew his whistle. But it wasn't full time, and he tried to run down the stairs and just stacked it down the south oh, and just kept rolling. And then the full time whistle went, and he sort of had to like barrel roll forward to miss out. And you know, it's like it, it's sometimes some completely stupid stuff. That are, are, you know, I think that's what stays with you and what you can't. Kind of yeah, yeah they've got no relevance. I remember when in the what, what division would it have been? Did Lee Griffiths play in the championship for us at all? I don't think he did. He might have made a substitute appearance or so off the top of my head, but I don't think he actually did, I, you know. I remember him scoring against Coventry, and he, it was one all, and a Wolves fan he ran on penalty. the pitch. Yeah. Yeah, I know the game. Wolves fan ran on the pitch, and from one corner flag to the other, because the Coventry fans was in the bottom tier of the stable, was flicking the Vs all the way from corner flag to corner flag while the stewards was chasing him. It's like, if I could use my memory for something useful and remembering things like that, I'd, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's say, for something that let's say, happened nearly 10 years ago, had no consequence on, on your whatever. Let's say, I find it fascinating. So we've done the good, we've done the silly. Should we do the crap moments? So... Low, yeah. What are your low ones? I mean, obviously, we, we, we've had very notable ones. Like you can either pick a, a common one or go a bit abstract. Yeah, I'm gonna go all I'm gonna go soppy bollocks on this one. Um, 
not a lot of people know this to be fair um so as i mentioned i've been going season ticket all since i was seven sat um in row f with my mom hmm. the um the season that nuno took over in the may time she was diagnosed with cancer hmm. um so naivety my parents uh tried to shield me from it didn't really share it with me until it was late i think her her last game that she went to at molyneux was the middlesbrough home game where we won one nil but she yeah. yeah so she left at half time because she was really poorly hmm. um so pretty much uh so december time we we beat we beat Sheffield Wednesday on the Friday night. Ruben Neves, that low drive. Yeah. So my mum passed away a couple of days before that game. Mm. Um, so I was really struggling. I really, really struggled at this time. Um, sorry, my dad. And um, I don't know where I don't know where I would have ended up really because my my drink went haywire around that yeah. time i'm talking you know me i'm a big drinker now rich <laughs> yeah with my, with my spirits um mm. but it was really bad at that time um bristol city the the two one ryan bennett yeah i was in my worst moment of my life at that point mm. ryan bennett scores that winner i'm not celebrating i'm i'm low i'm talking low I've hmm. sent texts out to like close people. I'm like, I've got police in my living room. Um, on the back of these texts, whilst this has just happened, where Brian Bennett's just scored one of the most ecstatic moment goals in recent Wars history, and I've got police in my living room. I'm struggling. Christ. So, not, as I said, not many people know that. The, the, so, the lowest point for me was the, the high point of winning that season. But not having my mom there, just celebrating yeah. with every single like joyful moment, like getting promoted. I think the Birmingham City game where we we lifted, we win the league, lift the trophy. I think we, got, yeah, I think it was when we were champions. I want, to, I can't, I can't quite remember, but yeah, I, it, it, I was going to say it's interesting sort of parallels with myself because I it's similar that my dad passed away for season we got promoted from league one and i was at yeah. university at the time and ironically you mentioned that lee griffiths game where he scored a penalty against coventry and i was supposed to go to that game with him because it was i can't i won't bring up the exact date but it was just after my 21st birthday and he'd had to he'd, he'd been put into hospital with an infection and he'd got tickets for us both to go and he'd <laughs> It was always like one of those optimistic ones where you'll know as well as I do, where it's like, oh, I'll still be able to make it to the game, don't worry. And it was like, we're in New Cross. And I'm like, you know, I'm always laughing and half crying about, you know, the, um, I say, you know, you're not going to. So I end up sort of not going, going to that game with him as sort of a little 21st birthday present. He passed away a couple of weeks later. And, you know, I wasn't going to, I didn't have a season ticket that year. Um, but he did, and I sort of went to a couple, and I was, I, you know, I was, I was all right. I went with my, I was going with my best mate Adam because he had a ticket as well. And whenever I came back, and he'd look after me or whatever. But then the season, ironically, that Middlesbrough game. No, it wasn't Middlesbrough. No, I'm getting, I'm getting the timeline. It was Norwich City, and Dave yeah. Edwards scored that header. Dave Edwards, uh, Roger Van Lepara assist. I went into that ground and I I had a panic attack. That's why I'd gone to football games without him before. Yeah. I'd, I'd gone to games after he passed away before, but having my own season ticket without him, I I was an emotional, like, yeah. you know, just that moment. It's, hard, yeah. it, it, it's really hard. And um, I think it kind of just signifies that being a football fan and particularly the impact that balls has had on our lives, it's, is underpinned by something bigger than just watching 22 blokes kick around the football and how much it a, means for the relationship that you have with that person close to you going and the connections it has 
to the game itself and and you know just to say all the stupid little things like um you know go say to the games to ever get in some food or you know i i don't like to buy programs now because yeah. my dad always used to buy a program for us every week and yeah. that just, it just doesn't feel right for me anymore but you know it still makes me smile when i think of all the you say all those fantastic memories that we had which we probably wouldn't have had through supporting Wolves or even supporting the same team. Yeah. Um, so I completely get that as a as a low as a low point, and you know the 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 you know the the, the contrasting points to how the team we're doing, and you know it's hey look fuck cancer, um, you know without kind of going into sort of too much, it's you know it's you know it, it can be exceptionally. Uh, exceptionally rough a lot of the time and you know especially say when you've forged those relationships over over something like football um and you know I, I'm, I'm gonna sort of sort of slowly drag it back to something more positive otherwise i think then you're gonna end up having a therapy session yeah after this and getting a drink um so i guess that sort of catches us up to kind of now in terms of i guess how you you experience of being a football fan has developed over time um and i guess sort of around a similar point sort of what we've discussed likely you joined the fan cast and i, I as i mentioned to you beforehand i, I you know, we've done a sort of a i think stories from the pack with about half the guys now yeah and it only occurred to me the other day that in the grand scheme of things there's not a huge amount of for, um, I guess Wolves content creators. There's there's a wide variety and there's a decent amount, but you know there's what about fifty to hundred in total. I'd say doing you know other great stuff. Um, I'm going to name drop a couple just to be nice, but you know the likes of um, uh, Wolf Whistle, Jason Guy. You've got um, uh, Wandering Wolf as well. Uh, and sort of um, a lot about walls, no, a whole lot of walls over in America as well, which I think is great. But actually, we're we're, we're a really small number when you think of the amount of walls fans. So, what made you want to come onto a fan cast in the first place? Probably vanity, Rich. I think. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Ego plays a big part, doesn't it? Massively. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I don't, I don't think my opinion is any more valid than anyone else's. But at the time, I felt I wanted to get my opinion across. I, obviously, um, I wasn't really aware of the fan cast even existing. Um, our good friend, Luke Thompson, we had discussions on, on Twitter. I think we used to just have chats on Twitter about who was better on FIFA. And then I realised that Luke was on, on the fan cast, asked him how he was on there, why he was on there, with his opinion. Which is usually terrible nowadays. Oh yeah, it's it's bad nowadays, isn't it? <laughs> um, and then yeah, I, I, I sent the email to to you and Dave. Got blanked for about a year. <laughs> it was, I was going to say because it it was pretty much like a year that there was just no response, and then all of a sudden, um, I think we had got an opening. Or what usually happens, as you know, uh, having a look behind the curtain now. It's usually that we're running short on guests, and yep. so, right, who's on the stamp? Who's on the list? Who we we kind of well not had a chance to pull on yet. And I remember your first show because I was hosting it, and at your I, old work, the was, um... yeah, it was on Ped for Business Park. Um, and I remember I, I sent you an email. I think I balls at the time on it. Um, and you had to give me a call because I think I said, "Yeah, get there for like eight o'clock or something." I was like, get there for like seven o'clock, and I put four instead by accident. And you, I got a phone number, like got someone calling me. It's like, hi, it's Dan. It's like, who? Dan from? Um, it's like, okay, so I can't quite make it for four because I'm still working. <laughs> I'd be like, well, so am I. You don't have to be this early. <laughs> and yeah, I, I was going to say, like for, for me, it's, it's been a it's been an interesting uh, it's been an interesting ride in terms of that, and it, interestingly, I think in terms of I wouldn't say quite the impact of it, but you know, from how long have you been doing fancast? What three years now? Is it? Well, this will be like the fourth season. Or, I'm, I'm pr- I've pretty much come in since since Nuno came in. I think my first podcast was 
after we'd beat Derby away under Nuna, where they pretty much just demolished Derby away and everyone knew that we had a special we, team. Yeah. So, I mean, like, as as Wolves have got bigger and better and the fan cast has got bigger and better, there seems to be, like, a um, common denominator behind all that, where I've just turned up out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, you are... I think as you'll probably no doubt now change your Twitter handle to be, you, you know, you are the spark that has, you know, lit an entire generation of, um, you know, Wolves and Wolves content. It's, it's pretty much that, Rich. I don't want to, I don't want to deny it. I don't want to put words in your mouth. You've, you've said it for me. <laughs> I was say, like, I feel like, I feel like I'm about 20 minutes away from you sending me a graphic of just like a photo of you and just that quote with Richard Hobbs underneath it. Um, you know, for yourself, uh, I guess over like the last, call it ten years. To be fair, not not necessarily content, but how have you kind of seen life as a wall sun change? For uh, you know, I guess on a broader scale, you know, especially with the impact of social media and content and things like that. Have you sort of seen any sort of differences over sort of the last ten years? I think we've we've all noticed that over the last twelve months, being in lockdown now, we don't have an opportunity to go to a pub and that you know have these debates, but is there any sort of anything you've picked up on over the years? I just think technology as a whole, I think we had, we had probably the best generation, Rich, looking back where we, we had the good childhood before everyone was affected by the internet. So mm-hmm. you, you, you'd, you'd have to like come lucky on finding like bands and, brands and stuff back in like the early 90s whereas everything's that you touch your fingers now isn't it yeah and like i mean to be fair but even little things like say me and you very similar in terms of how obsessed we were with football and you know this is probably sort of very uh, say golden age fallacy but i used to go out with my mates play football you know it's cliche i'd play from like in some holidays from you know eight in the morning to late at night. Yeah. And I don't know if that stuff happens anymore. I'd be fascinated to know if it does. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I, I drive past like sort of parks on the, on the occasion driving home from work and whatnot. And you might see like the occasional like young football team training, but you don't really see groups of mates just playing Wembley or whatever, whatever you, might be might be headers and volleys to some. It was Wembley to me or Premier. There's so many games Ooh, we used Premier. to play. Mm. Premier was the one to me where it was sort of so it might, might be might have been three of your outfield. You all had to pick like a Premier League team. Okay. And the if you scored, you went to the goalkeeper who knew the three teams, and you picked one of those teams. And if you picked that team who one of the other two had, they were out, and it was basically who scored and got the others out. <laughs> that seems so unnecessarily complicated, but I guarantee for your mates, it was perfect. Yeah, because you could, you could have like, you know, I don't know, 10 goals and people would might have still been in. But then like, if the first person was out on the first go, you could be down to two and you've got like 17 teams still to go through. It could go on forever. It could be really short. 60 seconds was another big game for me as a kid. So uh, this is what I was going to ask. So 60 seconds was the same as headers and volleys for me. Yeah, right. You had to score with a header header and volley within 60 seconds. But every time you scored, dropped by 10 seconds. Right. So again, lots of interesting things I want to dive deep into here. So headers and volleys, 60 seconds, how we want to brand it. You went down to one in 50, one in 40, one in 30. I know people who did, you know, one goal in 60, then two goals in 60, then three, yeah. then and it, work it, it that it way. Went six, it went 60 down to 10, and then once you did 10, it, then it went back to two in 60. Oh, okay, that, that's in depth, that is. But oh, usually God. we had, we didn't really have the... Um, I really want to be rude. The terrible fat kid in goal in our yeah. group, mate. It was usually a, at least a keeper who was tolerant enough to that. It never really got to two goals in sixty. It's hard. It's we always used to find it hard to get what you know that one in ten. Usually, because 
the goalie would just like he he start bricking it and would just punt the ball as far away as he could. Yeah, you you actually as a goalkeeper when he got to that ten seconds because if you had some like dirty players outside that get the ball by the six yard box and it would just be a quick flick up and volley at the goalkeeper from from yards out. Yeah, you got got to be careful on that. And hey, we could talk about the stupid. Um, you know, I, I guess not quite playground games, but that that sort of style of mini football game. You know, things like crossbar challenge. Other people like debate things on crossbar challenge about where you should have it and stuff like that. And you know, for me, like, like we we basically play football at a relatively similar level, i.e., Sunday league. And yeah, I was wondering you where know, you were going with that then, in regards to it wasn't really a level we 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 had to pay to play. Yeah, I I, I play I. You know, I paid subs to, uh, you know, to play football. Um, but you know, it, when you include like stuff like that from supporting Wolves as well, you know, you, I had it where you know we train on Saturday morning, and then you, I, I, three hours later, I'd be watching the Wolves game with them. I'd see them the next day while we're warming up. We talk about the game, and then we play it. And you know that that's how you sort of forge these friendships for me. So before we wrap up. Um, I, I guess sort of the last kind of question I like to end on is sort of what does being a Wolfsam mean to you? It's, it's, it's tough to simplify, isn't it? I think we, we briefly touched on it earlier in regards to people who don't like football. It's it's the raw emotion of what it brings and the people that it brings together. We've had this, we've had this discussion before, Rich. I don't know. Um, there's people within the fan cast. Would we have ever crossed paths without Wolves? <laughs> yeah. No, it was I've, things I've, like that. My, my relationship with my father. If I mm-hmm. if we didn't like football, I don't know what the hell we would talk about. My dad's very, very old-fashioned, strong, hard-working class. He won't cry, uh, hug me any other time. Apart from if it's a Wolves related moment, whether, like we said, with my mom at the game, or it's a last minute winner, there'll be there'll be no sort of emotion. But that's what football's about for me—the raw emotion, raw emotion of bringing people together. No, one thousand percent, and you know, I'll end it on the fan cast because I always say this about me and Stu that we are the polar opposites of. Like, yeah. Stu's the polar opposites to a lot of people, Rich, but like you and Stu's in like another world apart from that. <laughs> yeah, but we we bond over football and so many other weird little things. But if you put yeah. us down on paper, you go, how the fuck are these two mates? And yeah. you know, I think that's a I enjoy being part of the fan cast, but also being a football fan in general, because you know, there's definitely more that unites us than divides us. And I think, you know, Wolves as a club. And supporting was definitely does that for me. I think it's like the universal language of football, Rich, that you could go to sort of any point on the globe and there'll be someone you can talk football about, even if you can't even string a sentence together. I know yeah. we went on a, a lads holiday about 10, 12 years ago and um, we were only talking with these guys. There was no underhandedness, but they were from Austria. And um, my only my only point of conversation oh was goodness. with them was just shouting Stefan Meyer off at them. <laughs> In an Arnold Schwarzenegger accent, just Stefan Meyer half uh, just all that's all I said to him. <laughs> While my mates tried to pull him, I was just shouting Stefan Meyer off at them. I mean it's it, that's football, it's a universal language. They knew who he was as well. Well that's it. If they knew who he was, then it if it opens doors, it opens doors. Um, I think that is the perfect place to end this episode of Stories from the Pack uh, before we go into any more of Dan's lads' trips abroad speaking to girls. So thank you very much for joining us, Dan, on today's episode. It's been great to hear about your journey being a wolf, Sam. Yeah, it's been great, Rich. Um, said, love wolves, love the fan cast, love everything that's brought me in life, even though at the moment it's a pain in the arse with social media. <laughs> but... We take it a day at a time, and yeah, thanks for continuing to support us, all the viewers out there, and yeah, stick with yeah. us, and we'll stick by you. And the the salty tears only, you know, motivate us further.
correct yeah exactly so but hey we, we know what we're doing at the fan cast sort of and you know hopefully we've got some you know interesting new and fun developments going in the pipe works as well so yeah we get our aches and pains for doing this but we also love it and uh, i wouldn't change it for anything anyway but thank you very much for joining us a uh, big thanks to our sponsors pixel yeti media um for any of you marketing these make sure you go check them out pixelyetimedia.com uh make sure if you've not liked shared and subscribed to our youtube channel if you're watching this on youtube just go ahead and do it now just click I think I'm doing it in the right direction. That way. There we go. Perfect. It's um, free. What are you waiting for? Like, comment, and subscribe. Just subscribe. You don't have to like it. Just subscribe. It's free. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll take sort of two out of... We'll take... I was going to say two out of three. Subscribe first, then do the others. That's perfect way for me Call to do me it. me a dickhead in the comments if you like. Just like and comment, and then subscribe. Yeah. yeah. We'll cope. We, we really will. Um, And also, make sure you follow us on all our social media accounts we are now at wolves fancast on twitter facebook instagram and tiktok i'm now pausing we're, we're on, on there we've decided we're on there but whether we continue with it's another story because like you said rich we're in our 30s now i mean have you touched 30 yet i think you have have you no i'm, I'm i've still got 18 months to go yeah you've got 18 months but you're a bit more mature than the actual 34 <laughs> year olds in the group. So you haven't touched it, but you're 34 at heart. So yeah, TikTok might not be for us. No, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see, but definitely at Wolves thank us and all the other ones now for your lols and trolls. So we'll catch our lovely listeners, lovely followers very soon. See you next time. This is what renting furniture with Feather looks like. Pieces that fit your style and your space and cost less than your monthly phone bill. Oh, and did we mention delivery and assembly included? Feather. Start renting at livefeather.com. This is what renting furniture with Feather looks like. Pieces that fit your style and your space and cost less than your monthly phone bill. Oh, and did we mention delivery and assembly included? Feather. Start renting at livefeather.com.